You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The following is a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network. From the diamond, to the clubhouse, to the front office, this is the show that feeds the passion for all Twins fans. It's Inside Twins. Well, welcome to the first edition of Inside Twins here in the 2020 campaign. Inside Twins is brought to you by Quick Trip for all your grocery essentials, plus hot food, including pizza and freshly prepared hand-breaded fried chicken. Twins fans, Quick Trip has you covered, and we have got you covered today, the first Sunday of this uh, shortened and truncated season, Inside Twins, featuring Derek Falvey, who joins us in a moment, then we'll get you right into the pregame lineup card and head out to Chicago for baseball rubber match of this three-game series between the Twins and the Chicago White Sox, and we now welcome from Chicago Derek Falvey into the conversation, and it's only fitting, Derek, that this Inside Twins is brought to you by Quick Trip, because for you, a quick trip to Chicago to watch your club. Uh, how much trepidation did you have with the way things are now in deciding that, you know what, I need to be there with my team. I can't travel the way typically executives travel with their club, so I'm just going to hop behind the wheel and make it happen myself. Yeah, we, we've really been thoughtful about uh, how we're going to travel, the limiting of travel party, just to you know, reduce as much exposure as possible. Uh, but that said, Chicago, you know, a six-hour drive from the Twin Cities and and not not too difficult, and uh, felt uh, I don't mind uh, driving some long distances, taking back to some scouting days uh, for me for sure. But I would say that uh, it was it was important to be there on opening day for a lot of reasons. I think to support our guys, to make sure that they felt uh, that with respect to the the pregame ceremonies and anthem and other sp- pieces to this, that we were all here together. And uh, I, I think it was great to be here. It was a little bit of a strange experience inside the ballpark with no fans. I will admit for the first time, but it was. It was really good to be here, and our guys really came out and, uh, and fought right from the get-go. Now, this is really getting down into the weeds a little bit, but I think people are curious, and I certainly am curious. Are you able uh, to even do something as simply as address the team in person, or where do you sit when you're in the ballpark? How has that aspect of it changed? Because you're a guy who enjoys being in the clubhouse at times and the ability to communicate with the players, with the staff. Is that something that you've had to change in terms of how you do that? In essence, can you be there but not really truly be there? That's a good question, and, and I, you know, for me, the way I've done it, even back at the, in the Twin Cities at Target Field during the course of our summer camp, was I spend I still spend a great deal of amount of time around our people, but I'm doing it outside. I'm doing it masked. Uh, I'm doing it with uh, appropriate distancing. We're all trying to learn how to how to manage that now. So uh, in past years in the clubhouse here in Chicago, you'd spend a little bit more time talking with guys, hanging out in the food room, you know, places where you might interact with players on a regular basis. Uh, now we're doing it outside. So, you know, Taylor Rogers and I had a, a long chat right before opening day, but we were outside six to 10 feet apart kind of uh, just before batting practice started. So I think those are still happening during the course of the game and with no fans in the stands and, and nobody utilizing uh, the suite areas or otherwise they've, uh, the White Sox have been great. They set up a, an empty suite, you know, and, and, and opened that up for, for, for my use the other night and a few of us to use within our group. Uh, so we have a little bit of distance, a little bit of space. So it, it's been set up pretty well. 
Now, uh, the basketball has gotten underway this weekend as well. The WNBA kicked it off, and we've talked about the bubble and the wobble. With baseball, not the case, because you are traveling, which does uh, add a, a little bit of a twist to things. How have uh, your observations been of how people are acting within these travel restrictions that are different from years past? Well, it is different, and, and certainly something that we are just experiencing now for the first time here in Chicago. You know, we, let, we worked out at Target Field. Uh, everyone got their food post game, so so pre-packaged meals and things that our our, our cooks and chefs are taking care of. Uh, you take those to the plane because there's no food and no service on the plane that you would typically have around uh, passing out some of that uh, some of that those food items and drink items. So uh, we get here. There's a pre-packaged. We, we arranged a pre-packaged meal through a restaurant here in in Chicago that was delivered to each of the individual players. So all of these things are changing. You know, a brunch every morning for guys that, again, is individualized uh, to, to what they, they take. And then you're going to the park in, in waves and in, um, and in uh, tiered groups. So it, it's a, a very different environment around what you're used to in terms of going to the park. But I, I'm really proud of our guys, the way they've adapted, the way they've been willing to uh, adjust and, and give us some ideas or feedback. We're all in this together, and we're trying to figure out how we navigate it. And so far, it's been, uh, it's been a really good setup for us. On that note, how has the general health of your club been? We've saw some clubs already. Atlanta lost a couple of catchers, and we've seen uh, the Nationals have lost players. We have not yet seen that, thankfully, with the Twins, as I knock on on some wood here. Uh, but general health, uh, we'll get to Odorizzi, Buxton in particular, but general health in terms of the COVID stuff. Yeah, in terms of COVID, it's been we've been we've been uh, mostly fortunate. You know, we, as as everyone knows, we have had a few positive cases during the course of camp, and uh, notably Miguel Sano and, and William Zastadio. We've had some of our players come back. Obviously, Miguel's back on the field. Uh, I am happy to report that that Astadio uh, has cleared the protocols and is now beginning to start his work again in St. Paul. We've got to get he's been off the field now for a couple of weeks, so we've got to get him going, get him ready, get him. Um, in baseball-ready shape so that we can make sure that he's, he's capable of joining our team when we need it here soon. So, so far on a COVID front, we've been, we've been very fortunate. And I credit that to our players, to our medical staff, uh, to Rocco and the group, just making sure that we are taking this exceptionally seriously, uh, both inside the ballpark, but also when they leave the ballpark and go home. Uh, their, their interactions are limited. You know, they're with their families ordering food out rather than being at restaurants. That's that's our focus, and most of our guys are taking that really seriously. Now, that's outstanding news. As for the regular baseball-type ailments, we know Byron Buxton was in Chicago. Uh, you made the announcement Friday he wasn't going to play in this series, hoping to see him against the Cardinals. Uh, what did you see from Byron's workouts, and what are the reports? It's been really good for Byron, uh, and, and we've tracked this kind of day-to-day. You know, we all saw and I know most people got to see it through Twitter or, or otherwise, you know, the aftermath of when he hurt his foot there in center field and target field. Uh, and it looked scary. It, it looked like something that could uh, be a, a significant injury. And obviously with Byron's history and, and making sure that you know, we keep him healthy and make sure he's in a good place, that's an important part of his game. Uh, he needs to be on the field. And, and so we wanted to make sure that we did everything we could once we learned that it wasn't as, as serious as it looked uh, to get him back to where he needs to be when he jumps on the field. And over the last, week or so he's improved every day we want him to get live at bats and the only way to do that against live pitching right now not in a game is in st paul so we felt it was best for him to stay back in the twin cities get those at bats against live pitching start to do more running work he's starting to feel better with his with his cuts and his his turns as he runs so it's it's good to see he was great here in chicago 
Uh, he's back in the Twin Cities today, taking more at-bats, live ABs over in St. Paul. He'll do the same tomorrow on our off day. And I'm hopeful if all goes well during those days, we'll see him at Target Field on Tuesday. Yeah, good news on Byron Buxton. Now, we were calling the ball game yesterday from Target Field, and Jake Odorizzi appeared and went through some throwing and some jogging and, and looked fairly nimble. Uh, good reports on Jake and his back. Yeah, Jake, another one that we felt like uh, as, as we got toward the end of summer camp, we talked to Jake, and he was having some general soreness. Uh, we made sure we took a look at everything, and he was in a good place uh, from an evaluation standpoint medically. Uh, but felt like the worst thing we can do is try and speed this up on the front end only to be chasing soreness through the course of the season. If an additional handful of days here of him uh, getting treatment and working his way back toward full strength was the best thing, we felt that was the absolute best thing. I know there's a lot of focus on a 60-game season and the sprint and the importance of every game, and we don't doubt that at all. But at the same time, someone starting out with not feeling as good as they, they could could end up having to go on the IL for an extended period of time later. And we wanted to try and nip that if we could. At the front end, he threw yesterday. He said he felt great. So he's tracking to, to come off the injured list here uh, sometime during this first homestand. Does the, the unique roster structure also help in that you didn't have to put Byron, say, on the IL because with 30 guys you could essentially float that spot for, for a shorter period of time until he was ready? I, that did help us for sure. Having 30 players on the roster and knowing that we were going to have Byron back uh, as early as our, our first home game, you know, in Jake's case, we, we knew we could backdate the injured list placement three days prior to the start of the season, which gets him available to come off of that list uh, during our Cleveland series and the second game of the Cleveland series. So in Byron's case, we knew we could potentially have him available for the Cardinal series first and then onto the Cleveland series. So we didn't want to consider an IL placement. Uh, and, and fortunately, because we are at 30, that gave us a little bit more flexibility. That's the voice of Derek Falvey. This is Inside Twins, our debut edition here in 2020. It's brought to you by Quick Trip. We'll take our first break. When we come back, we'll uh, start to do something we've been longing to do for a while, and that's talk about the action on the field as well as some late changes to the playoff structure. It's all coming up as Derek Falvey joins us here on Inside Twins in advance of the Twins and the White Sox from Chicago, and it's all right here on your home for Twins Baseball. Chris Atterbury welcoming you back to Inside Twins, brought to you by Quick Trip for all your grocery essentials, plus hot food, including pizza and freshly prepared hand-breaded fried chicken. Twins fans, Quick Trip has you covered. Derek Falvey joins us from Chicago, where today the Twins wrap up a three-game series with the much-improved uh, Chicago White Sox, who have been flexing their offensive muscle, some of which was acquired in the offseason. And again, Derek, I guess the first team to 10 uh, wins the series today because uh, a lot of fireworks on both sides in the, in the first two uh, games of this series. But before we even get to those games, on opening day, on, on Thursday, the league changes its playoff format. It is straight out of the Hunger Games script uh, as they change the thing, right, and add more playoff teams to the postseason. In your opinion, how does that change the way you approach it, or does it change the way you approach this 60-game stretch? We learned of it uh, pretty much right down the end there, just just like you did. And I knew there were some conversations going on behind the scenes at the league and, and with the Players Association that had been part of the previous negotiation as well. Uh, but I, I would say for us, Nothing really changes in the way we think about this. I, I think what Rocco does so well is he, he gets our guys focused on that night or that day's game and really nothing else. The, the goal is to go give, give what we've got that day, try and find a way to win it, and then if we, if we do, great, move on to the next day. If we don't, same, same view. You know, Come back the next day and go get it. And I think it will certainly factor into the, the, the conversations in September, I'm sure, across the league 
around you know, where teams are, where the seeding is, what that looks like going forward, uh, because there will be more teams. And I think what it'll really do is change the whole landscape around the trade deadline at the end of August. There's going to be so many more teams that are uh, more than likely in it, so to speak. And so I would imagine a, a trade deadline that's going to have fewer sellers and, and maybe a few more buyers along the way. Well, it'll certainly make for some dramatic postseason matchups uh, when you seed it one through eight on both sides. But a lot of the conversation, Derek, building up to that point had been about every game matters. Every win, every loss is worth 2.7. You can't afford to lose three games in a row. Every one of these 60 games is so critical. And I feel like uh, the fact of the matter numerically is that there's going to be some 500 teams in the postseason at this juncture. And some of that intensity on every game uh, has to go away when, when you add six more teams to the postseason, doesn't it? It, it certainly will to some degree. Uh, again, like I said, in September, I think as you're thinking about that and, and maybe the, the last push that you have in the last week or week and a half to try and get in for some teams in a more traditional format, maybe there's a view that a team is more solidly in a, a bottom four spot and feels they're going to set themselves up you know, for the playoffs. So I think that's where it'll be a, a, a little bit of a change. Our guys, though, you know, they know it's a short season. I don't think they feel any differently when they go on the field, the desire to win. I think you need to be careful not to uh, overstate that with your players where everyone puts unnecessary pressure on themselves during every at-bat or every mm-hmm. pitch. We want our guys to go out there and be the best versions of themselves. And if they, if they do that, we have a talented team and a good team and a hardworking team. I think we'll put ourselves in a good position if we can remain healthy and, and, and do what we're supposed to do. One of the other big talking points leading up to this, and it came out of clubhouses around the league, was just not knowing how players physically, emotionally, were going to react to pitching in empty ballparks. Uh, and the comment was made, hey, we played in the minor leagues where there weren't a lot of fans, but comments were also made adrenaline and the feel and the rush also can add some velo, can, can get you a little extra pumped up. Now, we're watching from afar. I did not see any lack of uh, intensity or emotion or adrenaline in the first two games that we've seen. You've had a chance to actually have those conversations with with players or or staff who were on the field. Did you notice any difference without the the energy of of thousands of fans watching the ballgame? With guys going on the field, and, and professional athletes in particular, they're so competitive when they get out there. And I think that takes over no matter what. I've talked to Rich Hill about this, and he says after about the first two pitches of a game that he typically pitches, he doesn't even know there are fans in the stands in that moment. right? It's just what, when you talk about being in the zone, guys just focus in on what they can control, which is get the hitter out. So they try and, and zone in, so to speak. And I think that our guys are, are like that. They're out on the field. I could tell it even during some of our intra-squad games at Target Field that the intensity in those for individual players was just as high as it would be with everybody in the stand. So I think you can um, certainly know that guys are out there giving everything they would otherwise. Could there be a boost? Certainly with fans in the stands. Absolutely. We love having the fans in the stands, and that's great when we're at home and at Target Field and there's good energy in the ballpark. That, that gives guys a boost. But right now I think our guys are taking to it really well and competing uh, each and every pitch. Yeah, and I would say the first two games have certainly borne that out on both sides of the diamond. We talk about this White Sox club a lot. They made a lot of off-season changes. It's also fun to see prospects, right? We all love prospects, whether they're in our favorite team system or not. And, boy, Luis Robert, you heard all about him. You read all about him. To see that young man in the flesh putting up a 30-feet-per-second sprint to first base and hitting the ball 115 off the bat, uh, that young man has some physical skills. He has uh, as many tools as about anybody on the field. You know, he can he can run, he can throw, he can hit. I mean, he's got all, all the full package. I think 
he's a young player. He's still learning and growing and maturing. But you can see that if you make a mistake with a pitch or put it in the wrong location, uh, he can certainly do some damage. So we've heard about him. Our scouts have seen him. We knew about him in the minor leagues and knew this guy was going to be a force to be reckoned with at some point here in the division. As you said at the outset, the White Sox, are, they're a good team. You know, they, they've gotten better each and every year. We don't take anything for granted. Our job is to go out there and, and battle with them. Uh, we grab the first one. They grab the second. and It's going to be a, a good fight all the way through to the end of the season, that's for sure. Yeah, I think that's going to be the case with a, a lot of these clubs. Uh, a little disappointing that Max only hit homers in his first two at-bats. Uh, have you had a talk with him about maybe trying to be more consistent and hit one every at-bat? <laughs> you know, the first at-bat – you know, the, the moment you start a season, there, there's that emotion and enjoyment and, and you're, you're ready to go. And I, I had thought long and hard about the, the moment that Max was going to step into that box and realize what, you know, what we had all uh, navigated to get to that moment. And I don't think I had a moment to breathe before, before he went and hit that ball out of the ballpark. So it was a, a fun start. You know, he jumped that pitch. Lucas Giolito is a great pitcher and, and we got to him there early. He settled in and did what he usually does, which is to find a way to get through a lineup. But I feel like uh, our guys offensively are in a good position. I think most people would have thought with this new uh, shortened season uh, with hitters not having seen pitchers that pitchers would be ahead of hitters. I've felt, and I've shared this with Justin Morneau in some conversations, that hitters seem to be a little bit more ahead of some of the pitchers in terms of refinement so far. And I think we're seeing some of that in our environment here and and certainly across the game, and, and we'll uh, hopefully everyone will get back to where they need to be here soon. And hopefully we see that from Twins hitters this afternoon against the White Sox. We'll take a break. One final segment with Derek Falvey on Inside Twins when we return on your home for Twins baseball. Final segment of Inside Twins. It's brought to you by Quick Trip for all your grocery essentials. Plus, you can get your hot food, pizza, freshly prepared, hand-breaded fried chicken. Twins fans, let me tell you, Quick Trip has you covered. We are covering all the bases with Derek Falvey here on Inside Twins. We've got the pregame lineup card to follow, and then we'll have baseball from the south side as the Twins try to win a series against the Chicago White Sox. Now, one of the features on inside, or on our pregame lineup card today, Derek, uh, centers on Aaron Whitefield, uh, who is on this roster despite the fact that he didn't play baseball until he was 17 years old in Australia, despite the fact that his career on base percentage is under 300 in the minor leagues. Uh, he is a, a unique and fascinating and wonderful story coming out of a very difficult situation to even find him on a roster, is he not? He is certainly a, a unique case. I would say that in a, a normal season uh, where we weren't looking at the same structure of rules and, and environment, we'd want to continue his uh, development primarily in the minor leagues. As you mentioned, you know, offensively that has not been his strength, but one thing that he brings to the table uh, clear, clearly brings is exceptional defense, exceptional speed, which can give us an advantage on the base paths here, uh, particularly while we have 30 players on the roster. You, know, you think about in past years, guys who made rosters in the playoffs or even in uh, September with expanded expanded rosters that can give you a chance to maybe pinch run and 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 give you a, a, the boost you need in the course of a game. Now, with this extra inning rule that we have, starting a runner on second base in the extra inning, uh, that, that run is clearly meaningful and something you want to try and get as early as possible. We know that uh, games are going to be shorter as a result of that. Any edge you can find potentially with a, one of the last spots on your, on your team to bring someone as fast as Aaron Whitefield who could give you that edge, uh, that's a big part of why we put him on this club. 
the Australian Terence Gore. We will uh, we will be hearing from him, exactly. and it's a fascinating story. He's got some great quotes that we'll share with you as part of our pregame lineup card. Uh, can you give us a quick update, Derek, on what's going on in St. Paul, how things are progressing over there, some insight? Yeah, our players are, are really doing an excellent job over there staying prepared. This is, as we all know, this is a unique time uh, within baseball and, and, and really across our lives, and I think minor league players are so used to playing games and staying ready for a major league season by way of playing those games against other clubs. Well, that's just not something we're going to have available to us across the league this year. We have 30 players that are in that camp over there. We've scheduled and structured inter-squad games, much like we did at Target Field during our summer camp. Our guys are working individually on their own development because we do have some players over there that we think are a little further away from major league readiness, but we need to continue to help them get better so that they can be part of our, our twins future. So every day, it's a, unique, it's a unique morning. Some guys are doing individualized work. Some guys are really trying to get as many reps in as possible from a, from a starting pitching standpoint, from a bullpen standpoint, or even from a hitting standpoint uh, that, that give you a chance to be ready when you're called upon to the major league. It won't be easy. We, we've explained that to everybody over there. You may jump into a major league environment in a game and see big league pitching and not having played a lot of games over on the minor league side. We're trying to keep our guys ready. Uh, the Saints have been tremendous and really a, a great partner in helping us utilize that facility. I think our guys, when they come over, will be ready because of the work we're doing at CHS Field. Now, when you talk about little differences over the long haul in crowning a World Series champion in this strange season, how those camps, those alternate sites are dealt with, how the players and the instructors uh, take advantage of those opportunities and structure those opportunities could be a difference maker in a big picture of victory in the postseason this year around Major League Baseball. Derek, we appreciate it. Uh, hopefully you can uh, watch Kente Maeda make a sparkling debut in a Twins uniform today, and you can make the safe drive home with a series victory in your pocket, and then we'll catch up with you at the home opener on Tuesday. Sounds good. Uh, have a great Sunday. Take care. Uh, our thanks to Derek Falvey and Quick Trick. This is Inside Twins on your home for Twins Baseball. You have been listening to Inside Twins. This has been a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro.